Okay, right. Well, last Sunday was Pentecost and um, Claire kicked off a, a series for us about the Holy Spirit, as is fitting with Pentecost. Um, and, you know, we looked at the, the story of the first time that the Holy Spirit was poured out on followers of Jesus and all the amazing things that came out of that. And, you know, we're really in this series wanting to just take some time to really look at our understanding of the Holy Spirit and our expectations around what it means to live a life filled with the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, the Bible promises just some amazing things to us. Like before he, before he was crucified, Jesus said to his followers, you know, guys, it's actually better that I'm going because then the Father's going to pour out the Holy Spirit. And I think most of us, if we had the choice, we'd actually go for Jesus in bodily form, right? We'd be quite happy to have Jesus here in the room with us. But Jesus says, no, actually, it's going to be better for you that I go and that you have the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the, the, uh, the rest of the New Testament, it speaks of the Holy Spirit doing amazing things for believers. You know, in Romans, it talks about God pouring his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. It talks about um, the Holy Spirit testifying with our spirits that we are children of God. So taking that from just being information in your head and actually making it real to your heart, which desperately needs to hear that. Um, the scripture talks about the Holy Spirit leading us into truth of revealing revealing truth to us and even taking from everything that belongs to Jesus and making it known to us. I mean, it talks about other amazing things like gifts and um, supernatural miracles and the power of the Holy Spirit. But I think a tension for us as believers is that sometimes our experience of the Holy Spirit doesn't seem to fully line up with what the Bible promises it's going to be. Or it might just be sort of a partial, you know, we kind of experience some of that, but not, not the fullness. And so we can feel disappointed or we can feel afraid that maybe there's something wrong with me. And last week, Claire put up a, a list of, I don't know if you can remember them, a whole, I didn't actually put the slide in, but a whole bunch of objections that we sometimes have in us, like, oh, the Holy Spirit, that's just for sort of the, the spiritual elite, I'm not one of them, or you know, me, me and God, we're doing fine as we are. Why do I, why would I need more of the, the Holy Spirit than what I have? Um, or it's, it's a bit weird, or is it going to be embarrassing? You know, what's, what's ha living in the fullness of the Holy Spirit really going to be like? And so we, um, we carry this tension. And I, I think actually that a lot of these fears, a lot of these questions, they really just boil down to one question, which is, can I trust the Holy Spirit? And so that's what we're going to look at today. Can I trust the Holy Spirit? Um, now, I don't know why I have this. Okay, good. <laughs> um, I want you to imagine, imagine that you have, um, you know, you've been in some competition and you've won a prize. And the prize is um, a, an all expenses paid trip to anywhere, anywhere in the world. So you get a, a credit card that can only be used for airfares, accommodation, 
um, experiences, fine dining, travel, transport, whatever it is you need. Um, and I mean, that, that'd be pretty exciting, right? You'd probably tell all your friends. Yeah, I'd, I'd be up for that. And so you might sort of prepare for that and think about where you're going to go and you might look online at other people's photos of, the, of these different places and where they've been. You might start researching all the fun stuff you could do or all the wonderful places you could go out for meals or the different experiences you could have. But if you never actually go, if you never actually use the credit card and go on the trip, there's kind of no point to it, right? And I think our, our relationship with, um, with God can be a little bit like that. You know, Jesus at the cross, he took all our sin and, and provided forgiveness for us, provided eternal life for us. And the whole point of that is that we would, we would live in relationship with God, relationship that starts now and goes on into eternity. And the way that we experience that relationship is through the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so that's why Jesus said, it's better for you that I go and that I give you the gift of the Holy Spirit so that you can actually experience the fullness of this relationship. And so it's like, it's like having that, that card for, for that all expenses paid trip. It only has some value if you actually experience it. And, and the, Christianity is not, it's not just a concept, it's not an idea to theorise about, it's a life to live. So I want you to, just for a moment, under, um, imagine that your understanding and your experience of the Holy Spirit is like a house. All right, so like all houses, every house has foundations. And I want you to imagine that the, the foundations of this house are... Um, are your understanding of who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit is like, what's the purpose of the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit do in our lives? That's the foundations. And then, you know, a house also has walls and windows and roof and plumbing and electricals and furnishings. And I want you to imagine that all that stuff are the other things that the Bible talks about, you know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's leading and guidance calling, um, you know, the authority over, over evil spirits and over demons, revelation, dreams, visions, um, miracles, the Holy Spirit opening up scripture to us. So I want you to imagine that all those, all those things that the Bible talks about for believers are like the, the walls of the house. But I think sometimes our understanding of the Holy Spirit can look a little bit like this house. Now, this house has clearly it's got some issues. And, you know, I think when you look at this house, I don't know what your first reaction is, but my first reaction is scary. Like, I don't want to go in there. Um, or if you owned this house, your reaction might be, how embarrassing. I hope no one finds out that this is my house. Um, or it might just be, oh, my goodness, what a headache. <laughs> I don't want to have to deal with that. That just looks like such a mess. And, you know, the thing is about this house is it's, I think there's clearly something really wrong with its foundations. Uh, because foundations are unseen, but they affect everything else. And so for us, if our, if our foundations, our understanding of who the Holy Spirit is aren't great, that's going to skew 
everything else about the Holy Spirit. That's going to skew our understanding of the gifts and how do they really work and um, what are they for? It's going to skew our understanding of what it means to hear God's voice and what it means to experience the Holy Spirit in your times of reading the Bible and prayer. It's going to skew your understanding of what does it mean when we come together and we, we experience the Holy Spirit. So the invitation today is to actually just look at what our, what our foundations are about the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is. Because everything else, there's, there's kind of no point looking at all the other stuff if we don't have that, have that right. And, you know, I think um, I was talking before about how sometimes our experience of the Holy Spirit doesn't seem to really line up with what the Bible promises. And I think part of the reason for that is that, you know, if we're, if we're afraid or if we're cynical or if, we're, um, if it's all just sort of too hard in the too hard basket, that's actually going to sort of shut us down to the Holy Spirit. And we're not going to be able to experience all that God wants to give us through the Holy Spirit. So I really want us to sort of look at what some of those fears and some of those, um, those questions are. Because the fullness of the Holy Spirit, what God really offers to us is amazing, actually. So for some of us, you know, we might, we might need to actually bulldoze our house and let God rebuild it. Uh, for some of us, it might just be kind of sinking a bit on one side. There might be um, some area where we kind of need to allow God to come and, and repair that. Or for some of us, you might have great foundations, but you just haven't looked at this in a long time. And so we want to strengthen and sort of underpin those foundations. So we're going to read from... Galatians. Okay, so this is Paul writing to the Christians in Galatia, I guess, the Galatians. And he says to them, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the spirit desires what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. So look, the first thing to say, and even it's obvious, but the Holy Spirit is God. I mean, I'm not, I don't have time here to go into a, um, a talk about the Trinity. If you've got lots of questions about the Trinity, I recommend you go talk to Andy. He's, he loves to talk about the Trinity and very good at it. Um, <clears throat> but the, the Holy Spirit is not 
less God than the Father and the Son. Like God is who he is, and who he is is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is not an optional extra. It's not, he's not just for, yeah, the, the spiritual elite or the people who really want to get into spiritual stuff. Father, Son, Spirit, this is who our God is. And I think if we spend most of our time just relating to one or two members of the Trinity, the relationship's going to get a bit skewed because God is all three. He's one God, but he's all three. And so our experience of him also needs to be that. Secondly, again, pretty obvious, but the Holy Spirit is a person. You know, I think in our society, people talk about spirit a lot, but it's, it's an impersonal force. It's... Um, it's something that can be controlled or can be harnessed. It's not really something that's alive with consciousness. But the Holy Spirit is alive. He's been alive through all eternity. You know, if, if you do feel like maybe your, your house needs to be bulldozed and sort of rebuilt, I really do encourage you to grab a concordance or I'm sure there are online concordances and just look up all the verses about the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible talks about um, the Holy Spirit and describes all the things that the Holy Spirit does. Like the Holy Spirit thinks, the Holy Spirit feels emotions, the Holy Spirit creates, the Holy Spirit acts. The Holy Spirit gets grieved. And like we just read about there, the Holy Spirit has desires. The Spirit has desires for our lives. The Spirit has desires for this planet. He's not just, he's not a thing, he's not an it. You know, the Holy Spirit is a person. And that means that the Spirit has personality. It means you can actually get to know the Holy Spirit. It's not just, he's not just a, um, you know, a mood or an atmosphere. He's not just a, a feeling or a physical reaction, but he's a person, a person that you can know by spending time with. I mean, obvious stuff, but I think we, we kind of miss that sometimes. And in fact, the whole point of having the Spirit living in us is so that we can know and experience relationship with the living God. So we have the living Holy Spirit in us. And it's only when we walk in relationship with the Holy Spirit that all the other things like giftings and callings and um, even manifestations, the way our bodies react to the Holy Spirit, that it's only when we have relationship with the Holy Spirit that those other things make sense and find their right place. So our question is, can I trust the Holy Spirit? Because if you trust the Holy Spirit, your house will look more like this. <laughs> it will be a safe place, a solid place, a place of beauty. Uh, it will be a place where you can grow and live, somewhere that's inviting, a refuge, a source of strength. So what kind of person is the Holy Spirit? Well, the passage that we read today, whoops, get past that house, a bit of a Sunday school favourite. I think um, you know, kids' church or Sunday school, we, we like the fruit of the Spirit because it's about fruit, right? And fruit's good. We all want our kids to eat fruit. And um, I don't know about you, but my, my takeaway from growing up in the church is that, was that the Holy Spirit, that the, the fruits of the Spirit are things that I need to try to do. 
that they are things that I need to strive for, things that I need to aim for. And they're, I mean, they're great things, right? They, they are good things. And I think that sometimes we, um, we kind of get stuck in our Sunday school understanding of the fruit of the Spirit because we just see it as a list of shoulds. Oh, yeah, I should be more joyful. I should be more patient. I should try a bit harder to be kind and self-controlled. But any list of behaviours to strive for is, is law and we're going to fail. Like that's the story of the whole of the Old Testament is that we fail when there are a list of things that you should do. But when God promises the Spirit to live in us, what he, you know, what he promised in Ezekiel is he promised that the Spirit would come and um, actually give us a new heart. It's a promise of transformation from the inside out. And so it, it's not that we work hard to change our behaviour, but the Holy Spirit living in us produces this fruit, produces love in us. I mean, I can't produce love in me. It produces joy in us and peace in us, things which are you know, they're so scarce, actually, in our, our world today. But how does that happen? Because, um, you know, I, in some ways, if I look at my life, but also if I look at uh, some other people who I know's life, you, we all know Christians who may have been Christians for decades, but um, the things we see in their life might be more like the, uh, the acts of the sinful nature rather than the fruit of the Spirit. So how does that work? I mean, why, why when a person's been a Christian for, for decades, do we not see more of the fruit of the Spirit in their life? Is the Holy Spirit not very good at his job? Um, you know, and, and is this something that we're just supposed to, we just kind of get on with our lives as, as followers of Jesus and we just assume that the Holy Spirit's going to be kind of working in the background, just sort of changing us and making us more like this list of things. Because uh, I feel like we often have one of those two extremes, either here's all the things you need to do and try really hard or, oh, I don't need to do anything. The Holy Spirit's just going to kind of change me. I just sort of sit back and do nothing. Um, now, I have, a, I have a very dear friend, um, someone who's older than me, and she's just a beautiful, beautiful person. She is just always full of love and peace and um, she's always, always caring about other people even when she's got hard things going on in her life. And when I am around her, it's kind of contagious. Like, it, it affects me. I, um, I want to be more like that when I'm with her. And, um, and it, it does actually, it, it rubs off on me. And we all, we all get shaped, don't we, by the people we spend time with. But I feel different when I'm with her. And the fruit of the Spirit these are the things that the Holy Spirit produces in our lives when we spend time with the Holy Spirit, when we interact with the Holy Spirit, because this is who the Holy Spirit is. So it's not that the Holy Spirit has got one sort of personality and he's just trying to make, you know, make us more loving and more joyful and more peaceful or something. This is who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is just full of love for you. The Holy Spirit is so joyful you know, there's a, there's a verse in the Gospels that talks about Jesus full of joy by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings joy because that's who the Holy Spirit is. And the Holy Spirit is, um, yeah, he's peace. He's full of kindness and goodness. He's faithful to us even when we're not faithful. 
And, and, you know, this is not an exhaustive list of who the Holy Spirit is either. Other places talk about the Holy Spirit bringing comfort, the Holy Spirit being incredibly wise and bringing wisdom. Um, and, you know, I mean, this is, a, this is a wonderful picture, isn't it? Like, the, like what, what a list of attributes. But if we go back to our question of can I trust the Holy Spirit, nobody trusts someone just by reading, you know, getting a little description of all their attributes, do they? Um, you trust someone when you get to know them. And the only way that you do that, you build that, is by having a relationship and by spending time and by actually experiencing who that person is. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is not, um, I think sometimes we can treat the Holy Spirit in a way that's a bit transactional, like you know, the Holy Spirit's going to give me power to, uh, I don't know, prophesy or to get the guidance that I need or, or whatever it is. But actually the Holy Spirit is very relational because God is relational. And the Holy Spirit is very personal because God is personal. But we do have, yeah, so we, we have a part to play. You know, if we look at this Galatians passage, what it says is it, it says, it's like a command. I think it was in this version, walk by the Spirit, wasn't it? Yeah, walk by the Spirit. Other, verse, other versions say live by the Holy Spirit. Keep in step with the Holy Spirit. So there's a part for us to play, and that part is opening ourselves constantly to relationship with the Holy Spirit. But how do you do that? How do you rebuild that foundation so that you do feel safe with the Holy Spirit? So that you're not embarrassed or stressed out um, or, and therefore unable to really experience all the good stuff that the Holy Spirit wants to bring. I also think it's, really, it's also really important for us to develop this relationship with the Holy Spirit so that um, the gifts and the empowering and the calling and doing miracles and all that wonderful stuff finds its proper place and isn't dangerous or weird. So the foundation is this relationship. So I want to suggest three things to do, and they are your mind, your experience, and community. Um, if you do, I mean, I really do encourage you, if you have time, to look up all the verses in the New Testament about who the Holy Spirit is. And just ask the question, who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? What can I expect of the Holy Spirit? Because I think sometimes we, um, we really need, we need, to let, we need to let God's word shape, uh, shape our understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. Um, you know, maybe you need to let go of assumptions that you've had. Maybe you need to let go of experiences that you've had and actually let God rebuild your understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. So that's sort of the mind. But it can't stop there because, um, you know, this is a, a relationship to be experienced. It's like that gift card for the holiday. If you don't actually use it and go on it, it's, you've kind of missed the point. So there's no point even believing all the right things about who the Holy Spirit is because um, we need to actually experience the Holy Spirit in order to trust him. So as part of that, um, most of you who are in table groups, and if you're not in a table group, you're welcome to have one of these, is we've got these 10 practices that we're going to be just doing um, individually and then sort of discussing in our table groups over the next little while. 
um, which will hopefully just open you up to some new ways to interact with the Holy Spirit, some new ways to relate to the Holy Spirit. And so I do want to encourage you to start um, start seeking to experience the Holy Spirit or start seeking to experience the Holy Spirit more or to experience the Holy Spirit in some new ways. You know, take time, uh, take time listening to the Holy Spirit. I've been trying to lately just stop all through the day and just say, hey, Holy Spirit, I just welcome you into this situation. Is there anything you want to say to me? What are you doing here? And even just that very simple act, I think, of turning our attention towards the Holy Spirit, it actually, I mean, that's, that's relationship, right? That's the nuts and bolts of, of where we relate to the Holy Spirit. Because it's very easy to maybe even have your bit of time praying in the morning and then go all the way through your day and then you get to bed and go, oh yeah, God, hi, how you doing? Good night. <laughs> um, but the richness of life that God has for us is actually to be relating to him all through the day. And obviously we're doing other things, we're working, we're driving, we're, we're doing all sorts of things, but there are lots of little moments where we can just stop and give our focus to God, give our attention to him. And I think asking the Holy Spirit even just to help you be aware of his presence, even if he's not saying something to you, maybe you're just driving in the car and you just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me to be aware of you. Um, you know, these are, these are all very small things, but they're the ways that we actually get to know the Holy Spirit. When you come to read the Bible, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me today? And if talking to the Holy Spirit feels a bit weird for you, you know, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will always redirect our attention to the Father and the Son. Um, it's not like you just have this relationship with the Holy Spirit in isolation. You know, God is, God is three in one. And so as you relate to the Holy Spirit, he's going to be opening up your heart to the truth about Jesus. He's going to be pouring the love of the Father into your heart. And it's going to be, it's going to be quite, quite dynamic. And the third thing is, um, is doing it in community. Like the Holy Spirit, yes, he's, you know, he's given to us for our sort of one-on-one -on -one relationship with God, but the Holy Spirit also wants to um, be at work through us and among us. And so, you know, this is why we, we pause at table groups or we pause at our church gatherings and we invite the Holy Spirit to come. Because, you know, who doesn't want to be part of a church that's, full of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, of love, joy, peace, patience, all these beautiful things. And, you know, part of the reason too that we're really wanting to talk about this stuff in table groups and even on Sundays and we're going to have some time to pray together now is because we also need each other to help process some of our understandings of the Holy Spirit or some of our experiences or lack of experience of the Holy Spirit. And so I do just encourage you to take the opportunity to be really open to ask uncomfortable questions, to say what you really think, to share about things that you've experienced, because I think that just opens, opens the way for, um, for God to really minister to us and to, um, to shape our understanding. Right, so I think maybe we'll all stand. We've got a few minutes and... Um, we might just pray. I don't actually have any idea what the Holy Spirit wants to do in this time now, but we might just pray and ask him what he has for us.
Um, and then you know, we can have some time to pray for, for one another or for anyone who would like it. Holy Spirit, we just, we just welcome you. We thank you for the truth of who you are, that you are, you are so loving and you are so good and so kind. You are so gentle with us. You're so patient. That you're so faithful. We just thank you, Holy Spirit, that everything you want to bring in our lives is good. And that you are a truly, truly good gift from the Father. So, yeah, we just, um, we just welcome you, Holy Spirit. I ask you to come and minister to each one of us. And just show us what you, what you want us to pray now, Lord, what you want us to do.